Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, my beautiful wife and co-host, Rebecca, and I are going to talk all about our sensitive, empathic hearts. How do we find meaning and purpose and strength and balance in a capitalistic society that we can't change? How do we find happiness uh, that endures? How do we find balance and happiness as sensitives, as people who are a little bit more on the sensitive side? We're going to go into a couple of articles about that, and then we're going to talk about how do we sort of not let all the influencers and media out there distract us from our own sense of worth and to to find clarity and purpose and emotional and spiritual balance in a way that feels real and whole. And how do we create a life for ourselves, really, that uh, maximizes who we are so that we never stop feeling like we're putting in on who we are as a person, how we want to live our life. If you want to pitch into the cause, come on over. I have a link tree. That's linktree forward slash Chef Bright Coffee. And uh, as well as Patreon, you can uh, help us there as well. But uh, we appreciate your help and your friendship and your support. And uh, we're just so very grateful to be doing this for you guys. Please do keep a lookout for Chef Bry's Food for Thought coming in February. It's going to be a podcast and YouTube show as well as Paranormal Roulette on YouTube at Chef Bry Comedy. So, without further ado, get yourself comfortable. This is about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. Get some something to drink and get comfortable, and let's begin. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef by Comedy. How you guys doing out there? I wanted to introduce my lovely, beautiful wife and co-host. She's the host with the most. Please give it up for Rebecca Russell. Please say hello to the folks. Hi. <laughs> I feel like that's becoming our shtick. <laughs> hello, ladies and gentlemen. How you guys doing out there? So welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about how to be ha- happy as a sensitive, how to be you know, happy as an empath, introvert, slash hypersensitive person, you know, and you may not identify fully as an empath. You may just identify as uh, an introvert or perhaps a shy person or perhaps you, you know, just... um, Wow, that was quick. That didn't take long at all. (laughs) Hold on, you guys. We got a cat situation. Yeah, our cat, she's not an empath. She doesn't want to hear dad's advice. She just wants foods and snacks and love, and that's all she wants, but she doesn't want to talk politics. She doesn't want to talk about empath stuff, uh, so we had to let her out, and she'll probably be scratching on the door within five minutes. And I oh, turned off. somebody I know. didn't turn off their phone. No, I certainly didn't, but at least you guys got to hear my cool Star Trek <laughs> notification. I better turn that off. Good grief. What's going on with me today? It's like I'm a noob. I've been doing this for two years. You'd think I'd know better by now. But uh, hey, you guys. Uh, so yeah, this is about empath happiness. Now, like I said, you you may or may not even identify as an empath. A lot of people think the word 
uh, is weird, or they think the word is goofy, or they think identifying as a realized empath somehow makes you a psychic medium or something. I don't think of it in that regard. Do you want to tell the people really what it means to be an empath in real terms that don't sound supernatural or pseudoscience or something like that? Just tell people yeah. what it's about. I it's just being sensitive to other people's moods and yeah. feelings. Yeah. Kind of like a it's like your antenna's turned up a little bit more. Yeah. I think. And it's just an inherent sense of um uh uh, usually empaths are very um quasi spiritual people they they get their life energy from nature they get their life energy from calm and finding balance and finding center and a lot of times they can't handle the outside world because frankly um they identify the the horse shit that's going on uh with a quickness and then they just tune out they just go good grief this is becoming untenable unsustainable and so we empaths have to empower ourselves in such a way where we um uh, put up our guard put up our um uh, you know we, we what's called blocking and filtering and etc but we also have to have more than that because you know at the end of the day you can block and filter you know with with a quickness of you know with the strength of, of 10 football teams but if you're not living a life of balance, um, you're going to continue to have these problems. And so we wanted to go into a few articles that uh, sort of just, you know, help us uh, hypersensitives understand who we are in relation to the world and what the world is out there. And we're going to talk about a bunch of things from uh, my feelings on capitalism and and productivity to uh, fitness and health, uh, but more of uh in line with the empath heart where empaths uh, can learn ways in which they can protect themselves in a, a real world situation and not just in the abstract you know what i mean yeah definitely yeah but first i just wanted to check in with you how you doing there babe good i finished my first week of my new uh different schedule at work yeah how did that go i i'm tired because my body's not used to it yet right um the whole going to bed earlier thing is not happening yet (laughs) yeah but it'll um, take a few weeks yeah but as far as work it's it's good i really like it yeah well it just feels to me energetically that you know ending the day cat hold on you guys and by the way, the reason why we don't edit that out is because it's kind of become it's a, th- a thing now. <laughs> yeah, it's a staple in our show. And I think most people can relate to having cats these days. It's like we were watching a YouTube video yesterday on tech. And it was a guy doing the new, uh, you know, PS3. Uh, PS5. PS5. God, <laughs> I'm so used to saying that. Right. The PS5 uh, Dual Edge, DualSense Edge controller, the new controller. And uh, his cat's just walking around the background, you know. So it just, I, I just think most people are used to being pet people and cat and dog people. And so if you, if you don't like cats, you're in the wrong fucking place. I'll tell you that. But uh, anyways, getting back. Uh, no, uh, go ahead. What was I saying? Uh, we were talking about... Talking about my new schedule. Your new schedule, and- yeah. I think it's energetically in your favor because you're going to be working uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday instead of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. And so when you end your week on a Monday, it's almost like you're going into the new week and that energetically feels for me discombobulating in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It's, so yeah. ending the week on a Sunday mm-hmm. kind of I don't know feels more 
like closure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. And just the the earlier time is really nice. Yeah, it's really nice getting off at seven. And once, like I keep mentioning to you, once it hits summertime and it's lighter, uh, yeah, later, you're gonna get gonna out and so it's gonna nice. be sunny out, and you're gonna have yeah. two, three more hours of sunlight, and that's yeah. gonna make you feel better in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. And even now, it is. So, yeah, yeah I'm liking it a lot. And yeah. I'm kind of getting to work with a different group of people. Yeah. Because I don't usually, I mean, I I know all the morning people because most of them are there when I get there right. normally, but right. I don't have as long with them. So, yeah. it's kind of like half of my shift is with the morning people and half is with my afternoon people, afternoon yeah. evening people. So, yeah. it's really good. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and, you know, I mean, because if you were getting up at some extremely early hour, I would say it probably wouldn't be worth it. Your whole yeah. life would have to flip mm-hmm. and invert itself, but you're just having to make a sacrifice of getting up slightly early, and you're going to bed at an hour where you're going to bed maybe hour, hour and a half earlier than usual, but by then you're tired, and so yeah. going to bed at, because even if you went to bed at 2.30 in the morning, which is kind of our usual you would still get seven hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And exactly. so, you know, worst case scenario, if you skip where you get, you stay up a little too late, you're going to still get seven hours of sleep and be okay. And so, yeah. uh, you know, ideally you should get eight hours and you do on those days you go to bed early. And I think it's just, it's just, it's not so much of a change where it, throws your whole world out of balance just mm-hmm. enough it's actually kind of actually forcing us into better habits and i yeah. think that's a good thing and as far as working too because l- honestly between seven and ten yeah a lot of the times there were literally maybe two three customers so those three hours of just trying to find something to do and being bored right and this way i'm busy you stay the busy, time, and the next and thing you know, you look up so at the clock, fast. and you're like, oh, wow, it's 6.30. It I'm makes all- the days go by fast, and right. it makes the week go by faster. Right, so right, because you don't have yeah. all that dead time. Yeah. yeah. It makes such a difference. Absolutely. So, I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's, it's terrific, good. and I'm, I'm glad you're doing well with it, mm-hmm. because, you know, and that's another thing that we wanted to talk about here on the show is, is you know, we can't help working in corporate retail hell. A lot of us are living lives where our spiritual bodies are one thing. We're these evolved things, and we've got all these beliefs and feelings about life. And then, and then we got this what's called raw capitalism just kind of getting in our face. And you got all these crazies out there. I mean, I mean, yesterday there was two fucking shootings in two different places: Half Moon Bay and uh, Monterey Park in in the L.A. area, and. Uh, and, and what's scary about it is usually we always assume it's going to be some crazy white guy, uh, some Trump supporter, and uh, now it's like old Asian dudes, and it's like, now we can't even identify who to stay the fuck away from. Well, and that, it's it's the start of the the Chinese New Year. Yeah. So, who knows what relation that had to what caused them to do that so you think maybe some religious belief might have prompted it or something or maybe he thought it was the end of times or some craziness or who knows yeah well yeah i mean that's just it you'd never know what someone's spiritual beliefs are gonna do to change people's mental health and uh you know but then he killed himself it's like why don't you just fucking kill yourself and leave us out of it you know i I, this is hard to talk about i know and i'm sorry but i just feel like in that's what i'm trying to say in a world full of strife we have to learn how to protect and guard our hearts because it is so fucking hard to deal with and and most people see this world right now as 
falling apart and nobody's enjoying it and nobody's enjoying themselves. And that's what we're here for. We're trying to say, yes, all these things are true. Yes. But you got to reclaim and recapture your joy, your fun, that inner spirit, that inner child. And you have to nurture both the child in you that perhaps didn't have a good childhood. And you have to enter, uh, you have to uh, also uh, take care of the inner adult. And, and, and there was a thing I, posted yesterday about that where it was saying you know some people need to uh, you know didn't get a childhood and so now they're making up for lost time by having the fun that they never got to have in childhood mm-hmm. so depending on how you were raised you may or may not even have had the right type of childhood or maybe your upbringing was so stringent or so strict or so whatever that uh, you're just now that you're getting out of your parents home and under that sort of mentality you're now having to reforge a mentality that endures and so we wanted to do this episode uh, for those empathic hearts people out there who may or may not even you know think of themselves as empaths but who are more sensitive who need lots of time to center and uh, those people whatever you want to call that introvert peaceful soul, whatever, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the labels are. It's the kind of person that we are and how to learn how to be happy amongst a world that is just perpetually getting bonkers, Yeah, you know? So I've got a few articles here and I wanted to start here. I don't want to go too crazy with the articles because I think reading articles, anybody could do that. But I just kind of want to highlight the important stuff. Mm -hmm. But here it says 14 things empaths need to be happy in life. And I am going to set it up because it kind of gets you the audience to go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. You know, it says today I experience a full spectrum of emotions, only some of which came from myself. Mm -hmm. This morning I cried watching a video of a 17 year old shelter dog who was saved and lived his last year happy and loved. A little while later, I messaged with a friend who is having a hard time. Although it felt super good to listen and support her, I spent the afternoon trying to work through the darkness and anxiety I was feeling after the conversation. It took a while to get back to normal. Uh, And just now, I made the mistake of going online and reading through a thread of angry people arguing about something political. Uh, Before clicking away, I realized my breath was shallow, I was getting uh, progressively upset, and it was uh, had nothing to do with me. Being an empath comes with some amazing qualities, but it it also can make life feel like uh, a lot. Um, uh, Since we take the motions others feel, it can be exhausting. That's why empaths must uh, take care of themselves and be able to live in a way that lets them thrive rather than collapse under all the emotions they absorb. In other words, there are just some things we need in our lives to be happy. Here are 14 of them, okay? Yeah. So it says, um, what empaths need to live, uh, need in life to be happy? Uh, Plenty of alone time. Uh, HSPs, highly sensitive persons, uh, with reactive nervous systems, meaning the outer world can overwhelm us easily. We uh, also need, need time to contemplate and think about life. Otherwise, we can feel flustered and unsettled. Where are the people uh, looking for excuses to drive alone or curl up in a quiet place with a book? Sound familiar? <laughs> that would be me. Exactly. Um, Peace is difficult to find when uh, surrounded by other people, sounds, and various stimuli. So, empaths need regular alone time and mini breaks throughout the day to refocus and recharge. And that's why you go out into the truck 
to recharge your batteries to get away from people. Breaking at lunchtime, yeah. Right. And that's why I like to get to work a few minutes early. Because on the days like when the truck doesn't work right and I have to, I'm kind of rushing and then have yeah. to rush straight into work. It's there's no there's so much difference. There's no time to just center center real before quick before I go in. Yeah, so and it all, sometimes, sometimes only takes a couple minutes, minutes mm-hmm. but you need it. Yeah. yeah. And then it, yeah, and then it just says it's not just about being alone. It's about self preservation and self care because what you're yeah. doing is you're taking that little moment for yourself to just. Um, Get back in touch with who you are and what your values are, because we we tend to energetically be railroaded by other people's personalities and energy. And so, at the end of the day, yeah. what it's about is is how do we go into each situation ourselves? Because we tend to get a little topsy turvy and forget who we are. We leave that out in the car. We leave that at home, and we go, "Oh yeah. fuck, I forgot to bring me today." Right. So yeah. you kind of have to bring yourself into every situation so that you're feeling more holy and everything feels a little bit better. And uh, I know that me, I I would get homesick for home, but just at work. I'm, oh I'm, yeah. I want to be home right, right now. Know. You know. Yep. And so you mm-hmm. have to find ways, yeah, to bring your heart with you. And, and, and somehow find a way to make that work in the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, routine routine nature therapy. Many empaths enjoy being around nature and soaking in its healing qualities. It helps them to take a break from modern life and be present with nature, uh, with natural beauty and the gentle sounds of the earth, such as light summer breeze, flowing water, and chirping birds. Uh, number three, deep, meaningful conversations. And I'm very much this way. Yeah. Um, and because I don't always get out and get nature enough, it's nice that we live in an area that feels natural where we've got yeah. the bird stuff outside. And, and that's good for cats and people as well. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm a cat person, because I identify with them in the sense that um, uh, sometimes I'm too busy to go out and experience nature. So I'll either go for a walk. And thankfully, in rural Oregon, there's trees and nature everywhere yeah. find a little trail and we I, I walk over to that park where there's mm-hmm. a, a lake yeah and it's perfect lake and ducks and and the whole nine yeah. right and mm-hmm. it's perfect because it's so picturesque and it just helps me alleviate that yeah. stress yeah. um but um yeah deep meaningful conversations empaths aren't necessarily introverts but similar to introverts they hate small talk uh, instead, they thrive in discussions about important, meaningful topics. When you're an empath, when you're empathic, you think deeply about everything going on in this world and in your own head. Empaths need conversations about things that really matter to them. Uh, otherwise, they can feel isolated and lonely without getting to discuss the deeper meaning of life and their experiences. And that's why we put on this whole show because we're not fair weather people. We need to scratch those itches. Whether that be an intellectual itch or whether that be an emotional itch, we have to scratch it. And when you're around people that just aren't like you, uh, it can be draining. And people that aren't even necessarily energy vampires become energy vampires simply by contrast of our deep need for sustained nurturement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, limiting time with draining people. 
You know the types of people I'm talking about. They're often referred to as energy vampires. Imagine that. (laughs) Those who ask for the uh, world and leave you feeling sapped of peace and energy. Empaths have huge hearts and want to help heal others. The problem is we also take on the suffering as our own. We uh, want to encounter people who use our empathy to their advantage. It can become uh, toxic quickly. We need clear boundaries with those who drain us. As they say, no is a complete sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, number five, when in a relationship, empaths need partners who understand. While empaths are good at loving others, the closeness of an intimate relationship can be difficult. We can be easily overloaded by our partner's energy and feel like we're losing our time to decompress. And that's why I try my hardest not to do that to you, because I get it. You know, sometimes it's all, I wake up in a me, me, me mode. I'm like, oh, shoot, she needs she needs. <laughs> A, t- a day okay yeah uh, empaths need to be with people who understand this and are okay redefining physical and personal boundaries uh, number six uh, daily mindfulness <laughs> daily, <laughs> daily mindfulness practices uh, before my day even starts i can be overloaded by thoughts and emotions that make it hard to cope mindfulness is a must for getting out of my head and calming my mind and body for some mindfulness might be uh, daily guided meditations for others it might just be journaling deep breathing or walks in nature uh number seven Uh, Peace and quiet from loud noises. The phrase, I can't hear myself think, is spot on for empaths. Loud music, yelling, and all of a sudden, uh, repetitive... and other sudden or repetitive sounds can get overwhelming quickly. We uh, need environments where we can uh, have quiet moments often. And that is so very true. And that's why I like it here. Because, I mean, you know, the one thing I forgot to mention on that previous episode when we went to... uh, I I meant to talk about Portland and the energy... we moved away from Portland because after a year of it, we didn't care for it. And I thought it was the weather at first because we had just moved up from California. And yes, that is a part of it. You do have to get used to the shitty weather, the gray, the constant gray. It's like, good grief. Yeah. Can we have some sun, please? Mm-hmm. For fuck's sake, you know. <laughs> um, but but I, going up there, it dawned on me that it, it wasn't the weather because the weather here is almost the same. Uh we're in a rural, quieter part, just an hour and a half south of Portland, and I've, you know, I just noticed that Portland has a vibe of um, of disrepair, a vibe yeah. of old, old, oldness, you know. And sometimes that can be interesting and culturally cool, but sometimes you feel the dilapidation, you feel the city, you feel the the scourge of poverty and joblessness and homelessness and. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people there were giving me kind of that funny vibe, you know, like this one guy looked at me. I'm like, yeah, I'm wearing shorts. Get get over it. (laughs) You know, like, you know, I think some people just um, just don't come correct and their their energy and their vibe can be a little bit off putting. And and so, yeah, I was getting that same vibe we used to get in Vancouver, Washington, which is across the bay from Portland, where people are just sort of mean and and not all that centered, not all that evolved. And uh you know, pushy motherfuckers. It's like, yeah. step off. I'm d- trying to do the hump. Hump the <laughs> dance is your place. Do the hump. Sorry. Okay. So, number nine, uh, emotional release from past traumas. Uh, according to Judith Orloff, we all know who that is, Dr. Judith Orloff. She wrote the book, um, 
a psychiatrist and empath herself who has written extensively on the topic both HSPs and empaths, that's highly sensitive persons, and empaths are prone to various forms of post-traumatic stress. And I have that, yes. Because we feel everything so deeply, we uh, often grow up not knowing how to handle the sensory overload. In addition, we might experience physical or emotional abuse, neglect, bullying, familial chaos. <clears throat> yeah, you know that from last episode. Or simply uh, have people in our lives who didn't understand our sensitive natures. Our past traumas can be carried into adulthood if we don't know how to work through them and release them. In Thriving as an Empath, Dr. Orloff recommends these seven strategies for empaths healing from past trauma. Number one, journaling about your early traumas. Number two, going back in your mind and removing your inner child from the situation. Number three, uh, feeling and expressing emotions that surface, which can uh, often be done with a good therapist. Number four, setting clear boundaries with people. Number five, taking a few slow, deep breaths before responding to triggers, which is something I've learned to do. Yeah. Uh, Number six, meditation. And number seven, practicing self-compassion. And that's why I don't like people who are always down on themselves. I'm ugly. I'm not good enough. I'm useless. No, you, you, bull. I don't want to hear that. No, no fucking way. Uh, Number 10, a feeling from carrying other people's burdens. Because empaths sense others' emotions so easily, we can feel like it's our job to heal other people's pain. But we must remember that it is not. We can be a, a listening ear and check in with others, but it's not our responsibility to fix them. Uh, recognizing this is key for empaths to thrive. And uh, that's something that I have to do. Like when I do this show, yeah, I'm coming from a place of actual genuine concern. I can feel what people are going through in this country in terms of their jobs and this culture and the sacrifices we have to make to sacrifice our inner heart and our inner beauty for this make money corporatist agenda it's like fuck that you know and so it's especially hard uh, to find that in in a in a system and we're going to go into that a little bit later uh number 12 fun hobbies or projects i write for a living working from home which is a great career choice for my highly sensitive empathic brain but even with a job that allows me to be creative i need projects that uh, take me outside of work and allow me to express the many thoughts and feelings floating around in my brain and that's me too uh, yeah. Very much, because I'm a writer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's good for all of us to make time for other, uh, things that have no purpose other than to play. And empaths are no exception. So just play time. Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely. Yeah. Some of my favorite creative hobbies include writing, poems, making scrapbooks, doing puzzles, learning piano, and playing video games. Hey! Yeah. We just got the PlayStation. And that's mm-hmm. It's a good way to escape. Yeah. You know? Well, that's why I like my little phone games. Like, right. Just, and, yeah. and they're kind of brainless. You just kind of do mm-hmm. things. It's just busy body. kind of using your brain a little but bit. So right, it's not completely right. Mindless, and that's a so great way of escaping your anxieties. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, the time I have for these types of things varies, but I consider making time for them as a form of self-care. And then number 13, self-compassion. So much self-compassion, she says. The act of self-compassion is vital for empaths. We are used to thinking we're too sensitive or making a mountain out of a molehill. Many of us are accustomed uh, to beating ourselves up for feeling things we can't change. Self-compassion is the answer. That means practicing uh, recognizing our own suffering, knowing that it is valid, and confronting ourselves as we would a child or dear friend. 
You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> and then the last one here, 14, people who don't try to change us because it's who we are. Uh, many empaths are um, used to being told they're too sensitive or need to stop taking things so personally. But we can't change who we are, and we shouldn't be made to believe that we should. Uh, empaths need to be around people who accept their beautifully into nature instead of trying to change them. Uh, those people see how giving, open, and caring empaths are. They recognize that empaths can be amazing friends, partners, and confidants, and they don't take that for granted. And uh, that's all it is. That's the whole thing. It says, what would you like to add to this list? So, uh, what are your thoughts about that list? And uh, just kind of uh, throw in your two cents. Yeah, I think all of it was spot on. I mean, yeah. it kind of related to everything. Sure. Um, and yeah, it's... I. I'm absolutely like that. I need time to decompress. I need alone time. I need to get into nature. Yeah. It's just, it it all resonated with well, me. Well, so. the one thing that is hard for me is that when I do this show, I try to come from a place of excitability, but then I realize, oh gosh, I hope I'm energetically not exhausting people with it. You know, like I try to be fun loving and spirited because i think the world can be so mundane so down so blase that i'm trying to pepper in the spark of fun and festivity in people's life and sometimes um people need that but then again i don't want to overdo it i don't want to oversell it because i don't want to be the energetic problem you know and this is a show for highly sensitive people and uh, i have a nature that's sometimes extroverted and so i try to temper that in a way that's you know good for the soul you know because at the end of the day if i'm annoying myself i'm probably annoying my audience <laughs> but uh what do you think of all that i mean is there uh, what can we do to for empaths to you know because i mean it's one thing to read it and go yup 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 but it's quite another to live it how can we put these in into effect in the real world say you you work at the ups and you're a delivery driver or say you work corporate retail hell you work at target or you work at costco or whatever and you're constantly around people like as you are uh is this just advice that can never be used or utilized or or can we actually do something about it no not at all i mean just you have to make sure that you're where you're coming home to is kind of your little oasis away from all of it. Yeah. And like you mentioned, just even taking your lunch break or your breaks, just getting out of the the building that you're in and away from the people can help so much. And you just have to be mindful of it and try to take the little moments when you can. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sometimes I feel like in order for you to go handle your job, that's why you get so pissed when the truck doesn't start because then you have to take a different vehicle and it just messes with everything because there's things I have to take from the truck to the other one, and it just doesn't well, feel like Well, not to like mention my, uh, the other, little... our other car doesn't have music. Yeah. And so sometimes I think you need that Metallica I to do. get jazzed, to get pumped, to get Absolutely. into the mix of that mm -hmm. attitude. And then other times um, you need the quiet, so it just depends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's why uh, I wanted to – I gave you that article. Uh, go ahead and get that article ready, hon, if you would, please. Uh, but uh, – that's why I wanted to now fold this into, okay, here's the things that we need as highly sensitive people to feel a sense of control over our life and how we can gain our sense of fun and joy and mysticism and spirituality and uh, uh, emotional gratification, right? Um, because we're living in a world that's 
basically emotionally unintelligent. Americans are probably the least emotionally intelligent people on the earth. I mean, they're all driving around in big, giant vehicles like they just got out of fucking high school. It's like, Jesus Christ, you guys, <laughs> you know, and in football and the, you know, our, our obsession and bloodlust with with blood sport and all these things. Now, those can be quite therapeutic. Don't So don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Um, you know, I used to watch MMA just because uh, it helped get that that bloodlust out of you, because whether you like it or not. We all kind of have that, but at the but when you're an empath, sometimes you get overload, and you're like, God, is the world really this cruel and unkind? You know, and no, it's not. It just depends on the circles you run in. You know, yeah. so sometimes you have to. You can have that fun in football or MMA or some contact sport, but then you kind of have to reacquaint yourself with the real world because. Frankly, we're seeing a world where people are resorting to violence too much, and we can't have that in the year 2023. We have to grow out of it, and that's why it helps to find communities of people that are peaceful and kind and uh, unapologetically um, nourishing to our souls, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. But go ahead. Uh, do you have that ready, hon? Yeah. Go, uh, this is this is an article that more delves into the balance that we can have in the work-to-life ratio balance. So go ahead, Ben. That's exactly. It. It's, um, it was on Healthline, and it's 12 Steps to Finding Your Ideal Work-Life Balance. <laughs> So it says, thanks to remote work, super smart tech, and more flexible schedules, a distinct divide between your professional and personal lives may feel next to impossible these days. But a healthy work-life balance doesn't involve a perfect 50-50 split, or any kind of numbers for that matter. We don't have personal lives and professional lives. We have one life with many roles and facets, explains Sally Ann Carroll, a life and career reinvention coach. She notes that having a good work-life balance means showing up for the various parts of your life in a way that you want to show up, and that no one area has taken control to the detriment of the rest of your life. Yeah. So with so much fluidity, how do you know when things are amiss? You might have trouble keeping important obligations, feel as if you can't keep up, or tend to overwork. Yeah. So it says, according to Rebecca Phillips, a licensed professional counsel, counsel, counselor (laughs) your work-life balance may need some tweaking if you're experiencing difficulties in your relationships you've become negative cynical irritable resentful hey that sounds like you sometimes (laughs) (laughs) ding 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 that's why i chose that article actually because when i read it i was like "Ooh." yeah and the third you're emotionally physically or mentally exhausted yeah yeah yes you also might feel out of sorts overwhelmed or constantly pulled in many different directions so, any of these signs hit a bit close to home? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the 12 tips below can help you carve out a meaningful, fulfilling work-life balance on your own terms. Yes, sir. So, here we go. Okay. Number one, know it's super personal. Before you start making changes, it's important to remember that a good work... Worf. I cannot <laughs> talk to today. Good gravy. Worf. That a good work-life balance is highly individual. What feels balanced to a young professional without family or team responsibilities will be different than what you feel balanced than what feels balanced to a high-level executive leading a large company or to a working mother with children. In other words, focus on your own roles, responsibilities, and goals. Right. Right. So yes. yeah, everything. I mean, it's everybody's different. So right. It's you have to realize that what works for your your coworker might not work for you well exactly because you're you're talking about people who have varying age varying Mm -hmm. background very varying spiritual beliefs etc yeah so yeah absolutely all right so the second um part of work-life balance identify your values 
Work-life balance is about being in integrity with your values and the responsibilities you choose to take on. So consider reflecting on what's important, essential, and non-negotiable to you. Right. Know know your line of what you're willing and not willing uh, to compromise on. Yeah, that's right. And that's why I consider myself somewhat of a moralist in the sense that when I feel like I'm going outside the box in of my own uh, ethical beliefs and morals, I go, nope. And it, it yeah. causes disharmony. Mm-hmm. And so you have to stay within the realm in the confines of what feels right to you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And, and work life has a tendency to stretch our understanding of what's right and wrong. And that's why capitalism, we're going to talk about that at the end, is that capitalism, well, well I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to say too much, but it's just that we have to be careful in capitalism. Yeah. Yep. All right. So number three, um, narrow your focus. After identifying your overarching values and ideal life, consider how they translate into your everyday routine. Maybe for you, balance involves working out most mornings, picking your kids up from school on time every day, taking the whole weekend off, having slower, no tech evenings, taking a monthly two day retreat by yourself. Yeah. Cat wants in. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry about that, you guys, but I don't think the cat understands that this is my bread and butter. <laughs> no, she does not. She's like, what? Why can't we play? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Okay, go ahead, babe. So, um, yeah, we're on narrowing your focus. Once you've narrowed down those essentials, you can start to explore the steps you need to take to live out your values on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. So, yeah, yes. it's just about knowing yourself and what's important to you and right. what you need to take time out for. And well, and don't feel silly or ridiculous for having a moral conviction. A lot of people yeah. are like, what? what are you, some goody two-shoe? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, because it's not about being a goody two-shoe. It's about not wanting to cross that ethical line. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some people are just, you know, we've been watching a lot of that scam baiting. And these these guys out of India you know, um, obviously, it represents a very small actual percentage of India, but they're ethically wayward, and they live off in lifestyles of partying and drugs and all that. And uh, and and that's the thing is that any uh, anything in life can cause you to go ethically wayward: drugs, alcohol, uh, uh, you know, a lacking of coming correct. You know, people either are run- moving into their who they are and their ethics or they're running away from it and a lot of times these people they're ethically wayward and they're trying to find ways to uh cope with the guilt whether they know it or not Mm -hmm. because they're you know growing up hindi they they have ethics and values and when they ignore that uh they can only ignore it for so long until you know you know uh their their ethical conscience uh, comes to um to get a little payback yeah yeah (laughs) you know absolutely Okay, so number four, um, cut where you can. Think about how you currently spend your time in your various roles. You might find it helpful to track your time for a week or two to better understand where the hours and minutes of each day go. Then ask yourself, what tasks can I delegate to someone else? What tasks can I skip altogether? What tasks can I spend less time on? Yeah, you know, because, you know, that's the thing that I'm trying to show you guys is that you got to give yourself permission to not be an overachiever. We are so pressured in our society to be overachievers. Uh, Oh, highly, you know, seven successful tips for highly successful people. Well, good for them. 
But if you're working over at the um, Dunkin' Donuts, I don't think that really applies to you. It, it applies to power careers, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and there's nothing wrong with trying to be an achiever, but even achievers have to take time for themselves. But if you're making good money, yeah, you can take all the time you want. And so that's what we're trying to teach you is that if you're stuck in a job or a situation that you can't get out of, uh, you're going to have to self-care until you find yourself in a situation or job that you love, that you like, that you can tolerate. And if you don't feel like you're ever going to get there, in other words, the job is just baked into the cake, you're not going to ever get rid of that, then you're going to have to find ways to process it in a way that's emotionally and spiritually gratifying for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay, number five, uh, request changes at work. Once you've outlined your daily priorities, a good next step involves reflecting on whether you can make any changes at work to help your ideal balance become a reality. And some ideas start work an hour later, a few days a week, to take Mm -hmm. your child to school, leave an hour earlier, which kind of, you know, is more for nine to five types of jobs. Yeah, well, that was why I was concerned when you went from part-time to full-time is I was like, are you sure you want to energetically do that? Because you're going to feel like the energy of your workplace is taking over. And thankfully, you're only working kind of where you're working. You have three days off and you work 32 which instead of 40 hours. Which is what I was doing the, before. I, since with my, my company, 32 is considered full time. Yeah, and that gives you just enough me, balance so. that you require. Yeah, and I'm lucky that mm-hmm. even though I'm in retail, they they work with us. And yeah. work with what it works with our schedules. And they want us to be happy well just because you work for a company that's probably shitty in terms of like corporate attitudes doesn't mean that the the local store has to take on those shitty attitudes you can be a family and take care of each other which you know i'm on a a group on facebook for people that work for this company and some stores suck managers are like i'm gonna this is what you're gonna do i don't care whether it works for you or not Right. And I'm lucky to work with managers that, right. that care. So, so so thank your lucky stars for yeah, that. Because absolutely. if you didn't have that, you probably wouldn't be there. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be able to. Right. And it just um, sums that part up by saying it never hurts to ask your supervisor about your options instead of assuming nothing can be done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So today the cat is scratching unusually more than usual. And uh, I, I think, you know, it's about she's feeling neglected and so we have to make her feel included which is hard on a podcast because cats don't have much to say on the matter but (laughs) but uh you're part of things come here you little rug rat okay go ahead babe okay uh number six work-life balance honor your energy building a fulfilling life requires energy and as you might already know you'll generally feel better when you can give energy to your most important roles you can honor your energy in several ways For starters, pay attention to your body. When do you feel most alert and ready to tackle your responsibility? Right. If you have some flexibility, prioritize the most important tasks when you're at that energetic peak and try to rest. What is going on? (laughs) Try to rest. Try to rest (laughs) when your energy naturally takes a nosedive. Yep. Also, identify habits, activities, and people that drain your energy. Right. So, yeah, not sure how to start identifying energy drains. Take a day or two to jot down how you feel during and after each of your daily activities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's important to kind of, again, if you have that kind of flexibility with your job and what you're doing, I mean, I can't say, oh, sorry, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm going to close the desk for five minutes. Like, (laughs) right, right. But, you know, it's you just kind of have to kind of tweak things for for how it works for you. Um, Number seven, create tangible boundaries. Whether you're going into work or working from home, you may benefit from creating stricter boundaries around your job. 
This way you won't feel like you're constantly at work. Plus, your mind and body can genuinely relax and recharge, or at least refocus, if your full household isn't exactly the paragon of calm. So, uh, Nama Zusman, a certified health coach and licensed career coach, shares these examples of helpful boundaries. Delete email and work-related apps. Use an app to block work email and apps during non-working hours. Have a separate work phone and turn it off at the end of the day. So, this is obviously... Not for my kind of job. Right, right. That's the problem with a lot of these articles is Mm -hmm. they think we all work in cubicles at at a writer's, editor's desk or something. But creating these boundaries, like actually there was a thread in that um, my work Facebook group. Some people were actually talking about taking time at the end of the day, just going and either sitting in the break room or sitting in their car for 10, 15 minutes until they went home. And that yeah. kind of just sets a, di- a distinct boundary between, okay, work's done. I'm going to recenter. And yeah. now it's going to be home. Yeah. So yeah. that type of thing. Um, well, and everybody's work dynamic is different. Everybody's home dynamic is different. And so, you know, this advice is. You know, uh, you take and use what you can, but at the end of the day, I mean, um, if there's something off about your home life, you're going to have to identify it. Um, you know, like when you were telling me about that girl who works with you, whose husband is so jealous of her, he stays every day out in the car at her work. Like, if you have some control freak in your life that's psycho, you got to drop that dead fucking weight. I mean, yeah, maybe he cares about you, but he's got an addiction to you and he's and he doesn't trust you. So at the end of the day, if you've got some man that's dragging you down, kick that motherfucker to the curb, man. I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we got to fucking take care of ourselves and uh, if if your home life isn't taking care of you, you got to fucking drop off dead weight, man. Yep. Yep. You know, um, and it's not always easy to do that cuz there's so no. many emotions connected to those individuals we've known them forever etc cetera, etc cetera. but i mean that's what i try to do when it comes to um now the cat's in the cat box i swear she's trying to sabotage us today <laughs> hold on you guys good grief but my point simply is is that if you have an overbearing person in your life that uh, doesn't have your emotional sensibilities or doesn't uh, respect your emotional sensibilities that you're going to have to uh, learn to grow with that person or, you know, and that's what's so important about partnership over time is that uh, sometimes you, you, you either converge or you diverge with that person. And that's what I'm trying to do with you is diverge or excuse me, converge, (laughs) which one's which (laughs) we were trying to converge. In other words, we're trying to grow closer together and appreciate each other's differences while celebrating our, um, Common sensibilities. Yeah, absolutely. All right, go for it, babe. Hey, uh, this one kind of really ties into the the setting the boundaries, but end your workday. If you don't set a distinct end to your workday, you might feel stuck in work mode even when you stop working for the day. Yeah. Um, Like sitting in your car. And this also says changing into comfortable clothes, lighting a candle, taking a short walk, cuddling with a pet. Anything that just kind of says, okay, work's done. Work's done. This is now me time. And and you have to learn to compartmentalize that because at the end of the day, you're never going to get a... Sorry, you guys. We have a cat that's just anxious and restless today, and I, I kind of uh, yelled at her, and she's mad at me. She's hiding under the bed there. <laughs> Sorry, kitty, but good grief. <laughs> you drive yeah. me bonkers. You know, I'll, I'll make it up to her later. Um, but uh, uh, what we have to do is we have to compartmentalize our work life from our home life, and you can't do that if you don't energetically change 
it. You have to make a conscious effort mm-hmm. at it. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. So number nine is to put the good stuff on your schedule. Schedule your well-being. Along with your work meetings and tasks, block off time for anything that supports your emotional, mental, and physical well-being. Yeah. For example, you might put these activities in your planner. Lunch with a friend, yoga, browsing the library. So anything that's good. Like, it feels yeah. like you have to just put, like, you know, the important stuff on your schedule. Well, this is the important stuff, too. So Sometimes make that's sure important, you set too. Time. Just, just as important. That's yeah, right. Set time away or side for it. Right. Yeah. Um, number 10, actually use your days off. Do you take advantage of your vacation days and paid time off? According to a 2018 survey from the United States Travel Association, more than half of Americans didn't use their paid vacation days. Some people are just such workaholics that, or they take it as a point Jody. of pride. Yeah. Or they take it <laughs> as a point Jody. of pride that, you know, yeah. I didn't take any days off. I didn't take any sick days. Well, it's I like the perfect any. attendance award. Who gives a fuck? What, what do you owe them something? What Like, what are we all, eight years old? I mean, mm-hmm. that only means something if you get a gold star in the refrigerator when you're eight years old. When you're a grown adult, yeah. what, what, are you going to go to heaven now? I don't understand the importance of that. Yeah, I don't either. You're not taking but care even, of yourself. Yeah, but even as kids, too, it's kind of setting them up for doing this kind of thing when they're an adult. Well, we teach people that perfect behavior is the standard, and that's kind of the problem with I have with capitalism, and I'm going to go into a spiel about that at the end, but is is that capitalism promotes um, uh, some of the worst qualities in humankind, yeah. and uh, oftentimes people do things at work that they may not do uh, in their real life, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, number 11, work in focused bursts. Your work-life balance can take a hit when you have a hard time concentrating and completing tasks, which can happen all too easily when working from home. So this, again, is another like working from home type of thing. Um, Just talks about like upping your productivity by taking a short break after each focused spurt of work. Um, But this one actually can be anything, any job, writing down any distracting thoughts that come up so you can address them later. So, I mean, that's that's something you can kind of apply to any type of job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So just, yeah, kind of stay focused for short amounts of time and then kind of give your mind a break. And and even with what I'm doing, like, you know, between customers or just take a few minutes or even 30 seconds to just take a deep breath and kind of recenter and refocus. That's like with my job. People think it's easy to do this. It's like, yeah, but you don't understand. You have to feel creative to do any of this. When you're trying to address real problems in the real world, um, you're trying to strike this balance between utility and... Uh, entertainment and and so you know creative work is often harder than you realize because people think oh it's so easy because all you're doing is coming up with stories or all you're doing is coming up with topics or whatever but creative work can be just as taxing as analytical work in the sense that you're using a a, a certain part of your brain and uh, it runs out of steam and so those regular breaks are, are important yeah absolutely yeah Yep, and last but not least, consider getting professional support. You might assume you need to reach a point of crisis in order to work with a therapist, but therapists can be an excellent resource when it comes to creating a healthy work-life balance. Yeah, and and point of clarification, I think once I said I said something to the effect of, uh, you know, you have to be um, uh, uh, smarter than your um, therapist. And this was several episodes back. But what I meant to say is, is that your therapist has to be smarter than you. If you're smart, 10 times smarter than your therapist or 10 times older than your therapist, and it's just this little young shy girl who's been out, out of school all of the three months, you may or may not get 
um, somewhere with that. Where, and that's not to say she's a terrible person or a bad therapist or any of that, but the, it has to be, there has to be a compatibility. In other words, I'm an old, cranky, crusty 50-year-old. Uh, I don't think some 23-year-old girl is going to be able to identify with my problems as a dude or as a 50-year-old, right? So finding a therapist that's smart and savvy and, and mature and sensible and has good advice because she's lived the real life or he's lived the real life uh, is important because if this person has barely gotten the ball rolling in their career, chances are they're not going to relate to your burnout. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that was it. That was the, the yeah. work-life balance tips. So, Well, yeah. right now, like, the cat is throwing me off my balance. Like, she's scratching more than usual, and I feel terrible. I, I kind of, you know, yelled at her, and now she's under the bed hiding. It's like, well, I'm sorry, cat, but this is my bread and butter, and this is very important. And there's only so many distractions you can take until you lose your cool. And then you're like, okay, Brian, it's a cat. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'll give her extra treats later. It'll be, it'll be fine. We'll, we'll yeah. have some close time. But, um, but that's what I mean is that having a sensitive heart, I feel terrible when I uh, get angry because it's so contrary to who we want to be as empaths, as sensitive, as good, decent people, you know. Um, But that's just it, you know. We all have a a fuse, and we all have, you know, an inner uh, limit to how much we're willing and and able to put up with. And that's what I'm trying to say, is that in the real world, we cannot control the environment. We can only roll with those punches. And so how we do that is entirely dependent on our ability to cope, our ability to put a certain boundaries up in certain ways in which that we can produce positive outcomes for ourselves. So do you want to speak on that? I mean, how do you, being an introverted sort of sensitive type person uh, working in a retail grocery store, how do you find the balance or do you? Sometimes I don't. (laughs) Right, right. Because sometimes, you know, it's hard. Like I come home and you've been sitting here working at home all day yeah. and you need some human interaction yeah. and I've been out peopling all day and I and need, you need some, the opposite. Yeah. I need the opposite. <laughs> so it's, it's I try hard. to give that to you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But sometimes even, you know, if, if there's not enough, I don't know how to ask for it sometimes because I don't want to make you feel like I don't want you to talk to me. Right. So you just kind of have to figure yourself out and try to, be comfortable saying what you need and what you want and realizing what you need and what you want. Yeah, we call that big boy talk. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are just afraid of big boy talk for the, you know, because maybe you have an overbearing husband or maybe he's prone to anger like me. And I'm not prone to anger, but I do get so fed up sometimes when people don't come correct, right? And I have uh, sort of, uh, I have to work on that. My tolerance towards people but that's the thing, is if people aren't coming correct, I don't want them in my life. Unfortunately, when you have a cat or a kid, <laughs> it's like, oh, you can't smack them. And you, <laughs> yeah. you want to, you know, teach them well and teach them right. But at the end of the day, they're children. They're, they're kids. They're, they're creatures. They're, yeah. they're not going to understand the way an emotionally intelligent adult would. And so, yeah, you have to treat that situation different. But... But uh, I say all that to say that um, in this life, you guys, there's just no getting around the fact that we're physical beings, but we've got this spiritual and energetic needs that have to be fulfilled. And so, at the end of the day, we kind of have to look at our body as a tool. If you don't take care of the tool, it's going to rust, it's going to 
uh, get rusty and, and old and it's going to start falling apart. And, you know, and that's the problem with getting older. You know, like I have this cavity that I have to take care of that I keep putting off. I, you know, just have uh, lots of migraines and headaches lately. And I have no choice in, or say in the matter other than, you know, I'm ha I have a neck injury that I'm trying to injure and I'm babying and I'm nursing and I'm also trying to stay active, which is hard because you got the migraines and you're not feeling great. And so yeah. forcing myself to self-care when I want to go for a run or I want to exercise, it's a, you know, life is a terrible balance, imbalance. And finding that balance is just very, very hard. I don't think there's any such thing as, as, as perfection in that. You have to no. kind of find what's perfect for you or good enough for you, really. And it's always a work in progress because what might yeah. work for you one day doesn't work the next day. So well, you just have to kind of keep tabs on yourself. That's right. And that's why I say if you have to push the reset button every day or every seven minutes or every other month or whatever it is for you, the reset button, what that is, you guys, is a way of sort of clearing the catch, if you will. Like your yeah. you, say your brain is a computer. It's clearing out all the old clutter and starting fresh. Mm -hmm. I'm going to yeah. come with some brand new attitudes and a brand new approach and a brand new mentality, you know, to arrive at a place of this balance for you. Because, you know, and that's the thing is I wanted to kind of pivot now into uh, capitalism. Now, I am no socialist, although I do think a little bit of socialism in the right places probably would be a good thing. But you have people nowadays so confused. I don't think a lot of people are getting the education or the training or the emotional intelligence training uh, to be evolved anymore. And so you're always dealing with people that want you to work harder, push harder, train harder, sleep less, and, and, and just destroy yourself for the capitalistic gains. And uh, at the end of the day, you kind of have to pump the brakes on that because, I mean... Those people are called capitalists for a reason. They're capitalizing on us. They're capitalizing on our uh, un our inability to get out of it. Our you know, and so yeah. capitalism capitalizes and exploits people in ways that aren't always right, righteous, fun, decent, or or, or healthy, right? And so so you know, we kind of have to figure out our lives in a sense that. We're just going with the flow. And if we don't have uh, the choice of changing jobs right away, how do we find that temporary balance that we need until we can, you know, uh, exit into a, a different type of situation or a better job? You know, at the end of yeah. the day, I, uh, you know, I, I'm not a socialist per se, but I really get tired of capitalism because I think it's promoting mentalities and attitudes uh, that we should have evolved the fuck out of a long, long time ago. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes when you go to a, a retail establishment and the mentalities of work, 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 and this is how much money we made at the store and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I remember one time I was sitting there at Lowe's and they were telling me we made $93,000 yesterday and we have to do this, this, and this. We got to upsell. We got to do it. And I just went, I scoffed vocally and i didn't mean to i was like Pff. and he's like you got a problem like oh no no corporate retail great love it <laughs> you know and i was just that guy i was the attitude guy because mm -hmm. i didn't give a fuck and why should i give a fuck you i go i go at what point are you 
if if the only thing you have against me is that you're going to fire me, if that's the only thing I have to be afraid of, then I am free, motherfucker, to be myself. And that's what I learned in capitalism is that if if them if you losing your job is the the worst thing that's going to happen, then you're free to be yourself, guys. And that's I know a lot of people we depend on these jobs. I get that, and that's scary to think that we would lose it. But um, being yourself is not. Uh, 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 it's not a vulnerability. It is not a liability to be yourself. If you have views that don't uh, aren't congruent with the capitalistic hedonism that is America today, and they don't like your leftist point of view, I say fuck them. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we have to teach capitalism who the mature adults are, not the other way around. When they're scolding and banishing you for being a hippie liberal socialist, it's like, grow the fuck up. That's not what it's about. It's not about my views on capitalism. It's my views on treating people ethically and and finding the emotional and spiritual nutrition in a world that is bankrupt of values, bankrupt of doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know what I mean? And that's what I mean about capitalism is that I see capitalism today. As this thing like that we borrowed from the 1940s. Like, oh, here's our system and we just evolved into what it is today. But we never really stopped to think, hey, gee, maybe we could have, I don't know, changed it a little bit. And so I'm actually grateful for the pandemic. I, it's it's awful what happened to some people that a lot of people had to die. That's the terrible part. But the good part is, is that it stopped our society and its tracks long enough to reevaluate what in the fuck we're doing. Where mm-hmm. are we going? What in the hell do we think we're doing? I mean, all these rich people think we're going to blast off and, and colonize another planet. Are you out of your fucking minds? I mean, space exploration, exploration is great. I love it. I'm all into star Trek. I'm all in, but we are not getting into Star Trek in our lifetimes, and, and all that money uh, shouldn't be spent on space exploration at the cost of taking care of people. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so my only problem with it is it's hedonistic. Capitalism has made our values so fucking wayward uh, that um, they try to scare and intimidate us uh, into uh, mean-spirited and cruel attitudes so that they can perpetuate uh, their own wealth and success and bad behaviors while we just sit there and go, oh, okay, I'll just be an introvert and cry and do nothing about it. And that's what they want. They want to just intimidate us to the point where we give up. And I say no. Um, at the end of the day, that doesn't mean, though, that we should, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, Tell our boss to fuck off. I mean, unless you're ready to lose your job. I mean, yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's what I mean is what can we do to find spiritual purpose and worth and emotional and spiritual maturity in a life that is is basically just all in pursuit of somebody else's fucking wealth? Good question. <laughs> yeah, no, right? I know, I know. What's the answer? I don't know. Well, and and all this to say that um, at the end of the day, we as a person, have, we we grew up in this world. Uh, we we didn't often know our own circumstances until we got old enough to realize 
whether or not we were, you know, raised in a good family or a bad family or a rich family or a poor family or a chaotic family or orderly family, right? So at the end of the day, we we are processing our existence in this mm-hmm. world in real time. And it's a daily struggle to find purpose and meaning and value. And uh, when you have social media telling you how to work out and how to live and how to eat perfect, yes, all those things are fine and good in the right amounts. But what happens is, is when we're saturated every day with fitness assholes and fashion assholes and perfect people and TikTokers and all their pretty uh, fresh faces, I just get so numb to what this society is becoming. It's we're losing our touch with our values, with our understanding of what life ought to be. Yeah, a lot of people are. You know what I mean? Unfortunately. Yeah. And so I'm not saying we should, you know, quit our jobs and, you know, end up like that movie Into the Wild where, you know, he, you know, hitchhikes to to Alaska and, and grows his hair out and, and you know, dies eating poisonous berries, you know. <laughs> Although that movie did speak to me on some level. Um, yeah. I think that's why I get so into, like, Survivor Man and survival and um, uh, what's called bushcraft, you know, because it's nature. And how do we, uh, you know, forage? And how do we, you know, uh, start a fire? How do we uh, build a shelter, et cetera, like that, you know. Now... I don't do a lot of those things because when we camp, we do we pretty much glamp. <laughs> but that does help put me in touch with nature, right? And people that are sort of unmolested by society's ills, like people like Les Stroud, who are just good folks. They're just trying to teach you how to uh, live in, in this world symbiotically, right? And that's really what it boils down to is that I see a world that's in perpetual disarray with our symbiotic relationship with the earth. Okay, and that's why capitalism for me is a little bit much, because at the end of the day, if if our only life's pursuit is to make our boss happy, uh, I think we're missing the fucking point because yeah, fuck him. Definitely. Okay, mm-hmm. if he's so emotionally fragile that he needs constant ass kissing, he can he can seriously fuck off because uh, those bosses out there are just people and they've all been conditioned by corporate oligarchies to act and serve as somebody to uh, suck all the joy out of life and, 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 and create as much productivity as possible. But a lot of people just do it the wrong way. They don't know how to encourage people the right way. They don't know how to treat people the right way. And they oftentimes piss me off. And that's why I've had a lot of jobs in my life is I'm looking for that right fit where people treat you like a person, a human being that deserves dignity and respect right and we don't often see that and then that's when the right would say well people are becoming so fragile people are becoming so that's right motherfucker if you don't fucking uh, give me and grant people their right to exist you know yes we're fragile maybe you should think about that i mean when you see the what i call the 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 societal pressure the society machine the Fox News machine, the capitalistic machine, all these agendas trying to make fun of and, and mock and put us in line so that we become more productive for the donor working, uh, and the donor class, the wealthy class. It's like, good grief. And so then, you know, uh, we often combat that by trying to be uh, a little bit more 
I don't know, renegade, a little bit more bohemian. And then they call us hippies and sellouts and moochers and all that. It's like, hey, so what? (laughs) (laughs) Call me whatever you want. I can, I see through your hot horse shit, you know? So I just, you know, wanted to end the show kind of on that regard. I do have an article here. I'm going to quickly go into that at the end, but I just wanted to kind of talk about the system that we've been born into and how do we make it sort of work for us? How do you think there's a way to make it work for us uh, emotionally and, and and energetically and spiritually? Yeah, it's a tough one. It is a tough because one. Because it's not geared for that at all. It's geared the opposite of that. So it's well, what's the point of productivity if, if all we're doing is creating more trash for our landfills? Yeah, I know. If we're only destroying the earth, if we're only living a life that we hate and can't stand, if we hate our jobs and, and, and there's society pressure all around us in the media and social media to be fit and be healthy and be wealthy and be productive and all these things, it's like no fucking wonder people just give up and just tune out because it's all becoming hype it's all becoming horseshit and and i think people are just starting to get that taste in their mouth of dog shit that they can't get out of their mouth that everywhere they turn the jobs don't promote well-being don't promote life balance don't promote decent pay and don't promote frankly uh the sense of love and kindness and community that we should have in this era in the era of we're all smart enough now. We have, we all have computers and smartphones now. We should all be evolved enough and self-aware enough to uh, to, to exercise a little bit of, um, you know, balance. Yeah, you'd think. You'd think. But- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I wanted to talk about it in, in, in real terms. But I want to real quickly pivot, and then we'll get back into sort of our takeaways about all this in the end. So real quick, I just want to give credit to the articles today for ethical and uh, legal purposes. Uh, Your article that you read was from Healthline.com, which I read all the time. And then uh, this one here is uh, called CDRefuge.com. It's S-I-T-I-V-E Refuge.com. Dot com. Okay. Um, And then lastly here, I wanted to kind of go into this article. It's... it's, uh, how to be um, happier. That's it. How to be happier. <laughs> <laughs> and so it goes into six tips to help you be happier, more in control, and be able to cope uh, better with life's ups and downs. And it says manage your stress levels. If you have a lot of stress in your life, find ways to reduce it, such as learning a few time managing techniques. Introduce regular exercise and time to yourself. These are positive changes. Taking control of your time in this way can effectively reduce stress. If you have feelings of anxiety along with your stress, breathing techniques can help. Try uh, this breathing exercise for stress. And it links to an article. Sorry, I can't give that to you. But it says also, you can uh, also try some practical self-help cognitive behavioral therapy techniques on the Every Mind Matters website to help manage stress and anxiety, solve problems, and build resilience. Okay, so that's uh, just Google that Every Mind Matters website. Okay, 
Um, but then it says, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Doing things that you enjoy is good for your emotional well-being. Simple activities like watching sports with a friend, having a soak in the bath, or meeting up with friends for coffee can all improve your day. Doing something you're good at, such as cooking or dancing, is a good way to enjoy yourself and have a sense of achievement. Try to avoid things that seem enjoyable at the time, but make you feel worse afterwards, such as drinking too much alcohol or eating too much junk food. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> boost your self-esteem. The best way to improve your self-esteem is to treat yourself as you you'd treat a valued friend in a positive but honest way. Uh, notice when you're putting yourself down, such as thinking, you're so stupid for not getting that job. Instead, think, would I say that to my best friend? You probably wouldn't. Yeah. Tell yourself something positive, such as, uh, you're a bright person, you'll get the next job. Have a healthy lifestyle. Limit your alcohol intake. When times are hard, it's tempting to drink alcohol because it numbs painful feelings. But it can exaggerate some feelings and make you feel angry or aggressive. It can also make you feel more depressed. Uh, Choose a well-balanced diet. Making healthy choices about your diet can make you feel emotionally stronger. You're doing something positive for yourself, which lifts your self-esteem. A good diet helps your brain and body work more effectively, too. Aim to eat a balanced diet that includes all the main food groups. Says do some exercise. This is all common sense stuff, you know, and I'm sorry to be preachy because we're going to talk about that afterward, you know. Uh, Do exercise. Even moderate exercise releases chemicals in your brain that lift your mood. It can help you sleep better, have more energy, and keep your heart healthy. Choose an exercise that you enjoy. If it helps, do it with a friend or listen to music adults should aim for at least 150 minutes per week you know so for me i usually try to work out two to three times per week um sometimes more than that because i go for runs that are usually an hour long but i just aim for about an hour a few times a week that's all you really need and and if you can't get into it you know, I'm, we'll talk about it afterward, but there's ways to keep motivated. I'm going to talk about that after here. Get enough sleep. Seven to eight hours is the average amount of sleep an adult needs uh, for their uh, body and mind to feel fully rested. Uh, writing a to-do list for the next day before bed can organize your thoughts and clear your mind of any distractions. And this is kind of repeating into the other thing, but mm-hmm. uh, talk and share. Communication is important, whether it's with a friend, family member, or a counselor. Uh, talking things through helps you to release tension rather than keeping it inside. I mean, that's why this is so therapeutic for us. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, like I feel terrible about uh, the cat, but, you know, I know she has needs. We'll address her needs after the show, but right now my needs are to finish the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but talking things through helps you to real, uh, release tension rather than keeping it inside. It helps strengthen your relationships and connect with people. Lots of people find talking to a counselor about things uh, that are troubling to be very helpful. Uh, build your resist- resilience. I almost said resistance, <laughs> but <laughs> build your resilience. Uh, resilience uh, is what... a allows you to cope with life's ups and downs. Making something worthwhile out of a painful times helps your resilience grow. Starting to support group to help others or making something created out of a bad experience by, for example, writing, painting, or singing can help you express pain and get through hard times. And uh, that's the whole article there. But I kind of wanted to bring that into the fold because um, at the end of the day, I mean, that's the 
thing is we're in a society full 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 of influencers and media and people out there with millions of followers where a lot of times they have good advice but that advice often is just this constant push for people to do things when they're not ready to and that's yeah. the problem is that yes we should exercise right Yes, we should get the right amount of self-care. Yes, we should get the right amount of sleep. And yes, we should uh, eat right most of the time. And that's what I mean is that, um, but you have to let yourself let go sometimes too. If you're not ready to go full steam ahead because you haven't gotten your mind right, wait until your mind is right, then start worrying about fitness or then start worrying about eating right. In other words... Um, going for a run is fine. Eating a, a little bit of chips at night, Doritos, for example, like I do sometimes. Like Tapatio Doritos. Yeah, that we just finished <laughs> off the whole bag. I don't feel a bit of guilt in that because we didn't overeat. And, um, you know, eating a little junk once in a while is good for the soul, just so long as it doesn't become debilitating. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we intermittent fast. We, we drink our smoothies that have green protein protein and uh, hemp fiber and uh, vegetables and banana and strawberry and blueberry and then we've got uh, we put the matcha in there that's good you know it's got that theanine that's good for relaxation and stimulation of your mind and then um you know putting those things in your body you would be you know it's like like your sister for example you know she was a vegan for a really long time and then she realized i'm not feeling good right so speak on that because i think a lot of people are trying to maintain a certain lifestyle whether it be veganism or a fitness culture or whatever and uh uh, they act happy on social media but they're fucking miserable and we have to strike a balance yeah well and some people just their bodies i think very few people have bodies that can be vegetarianism was a little easier for a lot of people yeah, but veganism so extreme, is right. very extreme and a lot of people just mm. their bodies literally can't do it because it's hard to do right yeah because one. you have to complete a protein just right and you have to make sure you do it consistently right and um i think a lot of people probably don't realize how bad they are feeling yeah and how good they could feel um because well, yeah my sister just she realized for health reasons she needs to eat meat Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Well, and even if you're only eating meat once a week or something, Mm -hmm. so long as you're getting enough protein to rebuild brain tissue, to rebuild neural tissue, to rebuild muscles and ligaments and bones, I mean, at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, I know as people, especially when we're empaths, especially when we're sensitive, we, we, we care about these animals um so it's hard it's it people i've been called a hypocrite because i eat meat because i uh, i'm an empath and i had to like totally delete a friend once several years ago because he was getting preachy on me Mm -hmm. i'm like dude you don't understand this is not about perfection this is about what works for you if if veganism works for somebody and they're a perfect fitness specimen and that's the way they want to live fine just don't annoy me with it you perfect perfect weirdo like it's just these people they go too far and they want to always share and push others into their lifestyle it's like good grief be happy with yourself and shut the fuck up and quit trying to get me to be like you you know i think a lot of people in our society are always so willing to give other people advice and i don't think they're doing it to be helpful they're doing it to justify their own behaviors and their own thoughts and feelings they're doing it to feel superior yeah that definitely happens you know what i mean Yeah, and we have to know the difference. 
from people who are giving advice because they want to help or people giving advice because they've been there, you know, like myself. Yes, I run. Yes, I, I, I work out, but I drop the ball all the time. But it's always about day to day picking up the ball and, and just, you know, hitting that reset button. Um, if I get three runs in per week, I'm a happy man. If I get one workout in per week, yes, I would prefer two, but I'm a happy man. At the end of the day, if I'm busy working on three shows, I'm a happy man if I've put in a couple smoothies and I've gotten my vegetables in and etc. I mean, last night I made French bread pizza and uh, I was just happy to be get, putting vegetables on it. I, I yeah. you know, <laughs> my point is is that when you aim for the ideal and when you don't miss the mark, whether that be at your job or fitness or your creative outlets or whatever, we have this tendency to be all or nothing, perfectionist. And when we don't meet the mark, we drop out entirely. And that is not a good mentality to get into because uh, life is messy. Life is chaotic. And if we don't learn to roll with the punches with that chaos, we're never going to ever quite, um, not, we're never going to be perfect. And so trying to meet that ideal standard is just, it's going to be a, a way of just constantly abusing our brain into feeling not good enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So, but real quick, getting back into capitalism, I'm not a big hippie socialist. Shit, I was in the army. I've worked out there in capitalism for 35 years. I get it. I've worked in retail. I've worked as a janitor. I've worked as a chef. I've worked as a cook. I've worked as a massage therapist. I've worked as a phlebotomist. I've worked as an EMT. I get it. I've been out there. I, I've done it. I've worked in retail as a cashier. I've worked in uh, all kinds of customer service roles. I've worked in pizza making <laughs> but at the end of the day i mean um it doesn't have to be toxic but what would be your advice because i think a lot of us empaths are just like we're hippy dippy at heart right so how do we satisfy our hippy dippy hearts in a world full of sort of austerity mean cruel capitalistic austerity trying to push this narrative that we're not good enough we're not working hard enough i just read an article before we got on here this fucking asshole talking about you know people you know get too many well like for example we, there was a, a video yesterday this fox guy on fox news trying to push this narrative that people work don't don't need more holidays off Seriously? Yeah, he's talking about, oh, he's trying to, like, he wants to get rid of certain holidays. Like, we we have too many holidays. Like, dude, we're human. And it's probably someone who... Never had to lift, a, work hard in their whole life. Or has as many holidays or as many vacation days or as whatever as, he wants. as they want. Right. No, they just want to keep us under their thumbs and yeah. keep us unhappy and unhealthy so they can continue raking in the money. That's yeah. all it is. And it's just this constant social pressure that they keep putting on us to conform. And that's why I have an irreverent spirit. That's why I use the word motherfucker. It's to tell people, fuck you. I got to take care of me. And you should do that too. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we have to take care of ourselves in a world that's not taking care of us. And that's mm -hmm. why I grow just bored with capitalism and why I live in the Star Trek universe. We're never going to get there in our lifetime. And that makes me sad. But for that fleeting moment, if I felt like humanity could find a way to take materialism to its ultimate conclusion of 
symbiotic uh, balance where if we're gonna because we can only go the, the way of avatar or we can go the way of star trek there's one or the other we either embrace the trees and nature or we embrace technology and uh, we we as human beings um i like to think of ourselves as um, part animal part god human beings are in this really interesting place of we're animals we're creatures but we're also intelligent and and smart and self-aware like like a god would be and so at the end of the day you know we have these incisors that suggest that we should be tearing flesh that we should be eating meat but a lot of people have a problem with that and i get it and i i think to each their own whatever you want to do that's best for you but just remember that if you're not completing a protein because you're not eating the right starch with the right uh, legumes, for example, or the right vegetable with the right starch, um, you're not going to complete a protein and your your brain is going to get very hangry after a while and you're going to get yeah. off balance. And so it's not about judging these people. It's about finding what works for you. And, you know, I mean, speak on that because you, like you said, your sister has to eat meat now. How much does she eat meat now? Um, I think <clears throat> her doctor is actually recommended every day. Mm-hmm. Well, so... To each their own. I mean, if you can't do it right to satisfy your brain, your body's needs, like if you're growing anemic or you're not replenishing um, nerve tissue or muscle tissue or brain tissue properly, uh, you're going to feel it over time. And that's what I mean is that a lot of people, um, they don't understand the net effect of bad choices. Is that one day you wake up and all, all you have is an addiction to alcohol and cigarettes and and you have a job you hate and you, you unhealthy coping mechanisms and while it's fun to make you know make light of those things and you know but at the end of the day what i'm saying is that once you start making a net effect of good choices um you slowly start going upward then slowly start going downward and 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 the body the human body once you're 35 years old your body is going to no longer be in a state of growth it's going to be in a state of maintenance and deterioration and so what we have to do after 40 is start looking at the net gains the net results of taking proper care of ourselves and that includes you know taking the time off from our employer mm-hmm. uh, and and yeah. reclaiming our balance and reclaiming our joy yeah Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah, it really is. Um, We're almost through here. We've just got a few more minutes, but I I just, you know, wanted to ask you, you know, in real terms, I know you don't have the perfect solution, but in real terms, when is it time to quit that job and go somewhere else? Probably a good time is uh, when you're crying before work every day or when you can't sleep or when you're nauseous before work every day. and right. Which is where the point I was at uh, years ago when I was medical assisting and took a, a six-week like medical leave because I was That's what happened toast. to me when I was working at the Army base. Yeah. I was driving an hour and ten minutes each way every single day. And uh, I started crying one day on my way up there because I was just so frustrated. And I was crying. And I cried to the point where I... Sk- I skidded off the road. I almost crashed. I stopped myself before I hit a guardrail. But I went, okay. And that was when I started making preparations and plans to go somewhere else. Speak on yeah. that. Um, what what can we do? How do we know the signs of we need a systemic change, a 24 system-wide change in, in everything we are and do? How do we um, uh, know when it's time for a real 
difference and a whole systemic approach to change. You mean like personally? Personally or, or whatever. Yeah. Because as far as society goes, that was needed 50 years ago. Well, I mean, personally. But yeah. Personally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when it's just <clears throat> affecting your mental health and your physical health and, and sometimes it's not as easy as just saying, Oh, I'm going to go switch jobs because if you've been somewhere for a certain amount of time and you're at a certain pay grade and you can't go somewhere else and get that, right. you need that. It's, yeah. It's hard. And you just yeah. have to try to open yourself up to other options and try to take care of yourself as best you can yeah. if you need to stay there. Now, but it's difficult. What would be your way of coping? Say you just, you're just you at a point where you are anxious to go to work every day or you're crying because you don't want to go in again. Um, obviously, that person probably could use some therapy, some counseling perhaps, um, or just something to give their life balance um but but uh, how 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 can that person start making the steps and the preparations needed to uh take that off ramp into a new life and new career or 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 something different how can we tell folks to slowly but surely start moving to a different path yeah just have to kind of look in Mm. yourself and figure out what would make you happy start doing research Mm -hmm. just looking into other things talking to people yeah scratching that itch knowing yourself right i've talked before about um what i call mind and body centrism is that at the end of the day we've got to check in with ourselves as often as possible as often as needed and and course correct where we can and where we can't we have to find uh temporary salves and uh, to alleviate that tension or alleviate that emotional tension and fear or anger or frustration in that moment so that we can get through to the next day. And sometimes we have jobs where we have bosses that are just unsustainable. They're not nice people. So what do we do in those types of situations where we can't really quit our job? We're going to start taking steps to do our own thing. But in the meantime, we've got a boss that we just want to fucking chop their fucking hat off. How do we deal with these unsustainable attitudes and mentalities that are cruel and rude and unfulfilling? Um, How do we uh, tolerate that until we can off-ramp to a better life? I think the only thing is Mm -hmm. to make sure that you have a home and a home life that is good for your soul and good for your psyche because that's kind of the only reprieve you get from it. Right. But otherwise, there's not much you can do. Yeah. Well, yeah, being an empath, being a sensitive is not supernatural. It's just about being a person that wants to feel balanced and centered and spiritually gratified in a world full of bullshit. It's all bullshit. And and when you realize that, people say, oh, you're so negative. No, it's not about... There's a lot of beautiful, positive things in the world, but there is a lot of bullshit. And I I think a lot of people are afraid to call bullshit when necessary. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, we have. Definitely. So how do we give people the courage to call bullshit and to reclaim their life and happiness? I don't know. It just, it comes from within. You can't yeah. give it to someone. You can't make people do it. They have to mm-hmm. find it themselves. Yeah. Well, how do, how do we give folks the tools, the the... the courage to say you know what i'm gonna today i'm gonna start making plans i'm gonna do this this and this and i'm gonna start making plans what's the trigger where do we give people the courage and the incentive and the 
that little push to start a better new life, to hit the reset and say, you know what? Next week's going to be a brand new week for me. Just say that to people. Yeah. I mean, you just have to, if you know someone that's in that type of situation, just try to be encouraging to them and try to make them believe that they're, they're worthy and they can do it and they can make a change. Is there a way we can accept capitalism on its terms without, you know, going to the dark side? How do we do that? I can't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because I, it's not about being a hippie or a socialist. It's about uh, when do I get to live for me? Why do I have to constantly live for this person or this corporation? Fuck them. Unless you're working for something that, you know, like say you're working for a children's hospital. That might be highly gratifying. I think people who are empaths and sensitives, they have to work with animals or children or people or do something that gives their life a sense of meaning. If they don't like the corporate entity or the corporate tism in their job, perhaps they can at least work for a company uh, that's smaller or they can work for a company that does some kind of humanitarian work, you know? Yeah, if you can find it. <clears throat> yeah, well, because I know for, for a time there, you were really wanting to work with the animals, but you just don't have the extra time. A lot of people are just tired. So what can mm-hmm. they do, you think, to um, f- have that connection with animals? <clears throat> excuse me. Have that connection with animals or have that connection with kids or have that connection with people that's positive and fulfilling? Well, I mean, a lot of people have pets, so I just have to get that from my own pet. Or, yeah. you know, I work in an environment where there's kids around sometimes and you yeah. you can find those little interactions throughout the day within what you are doing. Well, because I have a lot of friends who are like, you don't have kids. That must be really terrible. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's tragic. I hate it. <laughs> it's like, I don't have a need to have kids in my life. Now, when kids are around, it's, it's delightful sometimes. Like, oh, look at that little soul learning and growing. Isn't that cute? But at the end of the day, I don't need that daily. Some people do. And and in in their case, I would say, you know, having that balance, that family balance and children and all that is is important. And so it just depends on the individual. But for me, you know, I I really do think that your career has to be an extension of who you are. Um, If you hate, you know, artificial lighting, you know, maybe become... a a park ranger or do something outdoors or do some kind of gardening or do something that's a little less corporately stringent um for people who don't have a lot of choices um i think you really just want to keep looking for jobs and situations that speak to your soul wouldn't you agree yeah definitely you know find something that works with animals or find a job that works with helping people i i know it wouldn't be for everybody like i thought getting into emt work was really going to help me uh, because i'm helping people in a very real and appreciable way but i found that the the tragedy and the trauma of it was just too great that uh the energetic calamity of watching people suffer and die or, or be in pain or have um tragic loss I mean, I've watched people die, and and it's just it's t- it hurts. It's hard for the soul. I thought maybe the the good would outweigh the bad, but as an empath, I realized that uh, it just I carried that with me. I was having nightmares and dreams, and it was starting to just kind of bleed into my real life. Mm-hmm. So, what would yeah. be your advice for people who are sensitive on the sensitive introverted side, who are sort of not really into the daily grind of capitalism? Um, Creative types, artistic types, sensitives, um, you know, nurturing souls. What what can they do 
to, to make an appreciable difference uh, in their own lives that feels like they're, I don't know, scratching their activism, uh, you know, itch that they can be an activist, that they can uh, fight against the, the things they don't like while working with things that they do like. What do you think that involves? Just finding things for your free time that kind of scratch that itch, like finding mm-hmm. organizations that you can work for, work with, or volunteer with, or yeah. or just finding creative things that you can do at home. Yeah. Craft-wise. Or Maybe just painting just, or mm-hmm. poetry or writing yeah. or something that, you know, because, you know, I, I, like I, I watch my mom and, um, you know, she's been retired now since, uh, well, it's been a while, 15 years or more. And um, I don't think she really picked up a hobby. And I just, I told her, you need to find an exercise routine that you can do because I know she has a pain condition and you you need to, you know, low and slow. Like, that's what I'm trying to tell folks is like, don't feel like you have to keep up with the world. You have to keep up with yourself. And when you start exercising, do it low and slow. Low and slow wins the race every time. And I think that's good advice for everything that we do in this life is that if you aren't scratching that need that itch to be around kinder more gentle people is that uh, maybe just flirt with the idea of doing something else or talk to people that where you feel a sense of kinship you know like i know you know like we watch bob's burgers and i think teddy teddy gets um the satisfaction of being around bob because he has kids and because mm-hmm. he owns a restaurant and yeah. you know like in other words just find people that sort of um fill those gaps if you will yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes those people are at your work, which mm-hmm. is nice because then that's where you spend most of your time. So Learn you to branch kind of, out with those people. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. don't judge a book by its cover. You might yeah. be surprised. Yeah. yeah. Um, what You know, I, I know a lot of people, they pull out of politics entirely. And if they need to for self-care, I think that's important. But we can't really be activists if we don't know what's going on. What would be your advice for people uh, you know, who have a sensitive, empathic heart, but are trying to be activists. How do we maintain a balance where we're trying to push progress and, and you know, good values going into the future? How do we become activists and not get in wrapped up in that um, psychotic uh, political machine? Well, kind of what we realize we have to do is just step back from stuff a little bit. You don't have to be involved in it 24-7. You don't have to be listening to that stuff all the time just kind of pick and choose what you listen to and how you perceive it and take it in and go on youtube and just take little snippets of a a political show or you don't have to it doesn't have to consume you you can't let it because it can well that's what i so bad for your psyche well and and what would you what you know that works for people like us who've been a part of politics for 20 years and we know the ins and outs so we can step away for six months without a lot of um problem but what would you say for people that are just trying to become more politically active and engaged but they don't want the toxicity of that how do they learn about politics without having to deal with the toxicity of the two-party infighting i guess just i mean there's there's youtubers that are good that are out there that you can watch like you know brian tyler cohen kind of he's just he that, goes into things, but not terribly. See, and that's what I think you're right. That's what I was trying to get at, is that is that t- if you want to get political, don't watch C-SPAN. Don't watch 
the news, watch the people, the commentators who can give you commentary in a way that's entertaining, yeah. but doesn't trigger you. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, uh, Brian Tyler Cohen, Bo of the Fifth Column, uh, Jesse Dolamore, uh, there's a bunch out there that I think make um, politics fun. Uh, the liberal redneck, he's really good. But I think what we have to do is we have to learn how to be evolved and to push the right policies in our culture without actually becoming a part of the hate machine. Yeah, definitely. You know? So that's what I got. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really what I wanted for this show is I just wanted uh, those sensitive, empathic hearts out there to know that you're not alone, that you're not the only person that's, that that wakes up feeling off. Um, I sometimes take days to center and recover, and that's just what I have to do for myself. Um, and then when I have things to do, what I've learned is like, you know, I got the YouTube channel, I've got two podcasts, I've got this fitness thing I'm trying to do, and oftentimes I don't have it in me to get off the sofa to go do it. And so what I've learned over time is just to simply um, show up. <laughs> uh, Sometimes that's all you can do. Yeah, I had an old friend that told, told me that 90% of life is just showing up, that 10% is effort. And so... You you um you pick up your barbell and you're gonna do your barbell routine, low and slow. Just do a little bit here, a little bit there. Rest where you can. I think that's the thing that we should do in everything that we do that we don't want to do is just kind of see it as a side project. Don't put so much pressure on it and just do it like you said in creative bursts. Do a little bit, rest. Do a little bit, drink some water. Do a little dance and then you drink a little water. <laughs> but that's what I mean is just, you know, um, when you're doing something that you have to do, but you're not really in the mood to do, like exercise or like um, work or homework or something is, yeah, do it in little bite-sized pieces. Like me, yeah. I exercise during commercial breaks. I watch my little shows and I... Uh, I work out on, you know, and I put on things that I can watch that I don't have to be engrossed in because then I can kind of be distracted. I watch things when I'm working out that I've either seen before or things that um, aren't don't require a lot of emotional or, or intellectual attention, right? Yeah. And that's what I do with everything in life is just um, look at life as just your your. Just always look for the low and slow approach. If you can just slowly get into your barbell routine, you slowly get into your um, treadmill walking, or you slowly get into yoga or something. At the end of the day, it's not about perfect. It's about just putting in a little time for you. The and just and and really trying to incorporate a little bit of fun and a little bit of you and everything that you do. And that's why I love like you going to work. People adore you. They love your haircut and your sassy makeup and your kind of um, your, your uh, goth emo ways, you know, your <laughs> punk rock attitude. My ridiculous earrings. Yeah, your big gaudy earrings. I mean, at the end of the day, it's trying to have fun being you. And at the end of the day, fuck the haters. Fuck the people who criticize that because they're clearly doing that because they feel society pressure and they don't know how to change. And so I think, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to let our uh, empathic hearts fly to, 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 to release it and, and like a dove and let it go do what it's thing and scratch that itch and do the things in our lives that are going to give us a sense of uh, comfort and peace and joy and uh, really just learn to avoid all the hate out there. There's just too many haters too much hate. Um, be selective in the people you let into your life. And uh, like I said, just if you can't 
seem to get motivated in your homework or your exercise or whatever, low and slow, just show up, show up, put on the clothes and show up. And uh, you'd be surprised that 30% is better than nothing, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sure is. You got anything more for us, baby? Not really. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for this episode. Um, any last advice for our empaths out there to just find balance? We're, we're such a perfectionist society. How do we learn to not be so perfectionist and idealist, uh, always striving for perfection? It's kind of an all or nothing. We tend to give up when we don't get it perfect. How do we keep coming back the next day when we didn't quite get it right? I think you just have to give yourself a break. And like you just said, a little bit is better than nothing. Yeah. And just realize that you don't have to be perfect. Right. And whatever you can do is what you can do, and that's okay. And be good st- enough. And be strong enough to laugh at all the people out there trying to push you into uh, mentalities that you don't share. I mean, just, yeah. eh, I just scan past it. I don't have to, I don't let everything trigger me. I just scan past it. Even if it's something that's stupid and I hate, I'm just like, eh, whatever, screw you. You know, <laughs> like yeah. you got to learn to just learn that the, the world's always going to constantly be telling us what to do and how to do it. And you just kind of have to learn what works best for you. Yeah, definitely. And be strong enough to just say, hey, thanks for your advice, but no thanks. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you, baby. I appreciate your help. And uh, you guys, if you want to help us out, we're at uh, Patreon at Patreon forward slash Chef Bride Comedy. We're also on Linktree, uh, also at Chef Bride Comedy. Um, that's where all of our links are. And we're going to be starting a new uh, YouTube channel where we're going to be doing paranormal reviews, uh, where we have a paranormal roulette wheel where we put a different, all the best top 20 shows and we kind of Watch that show, and then we uh, uh, tell you whether or not it's worth giving a watch or not. And then we'll talk about some of the phenomenon we're watching, and is it contributing to the field in the paranormal world. Uh, And then uh, we're going to be doing another show called Chef Bry's Food for Thought. That's going to be a short-form show, four to ten minutes, just short-form, little rants and dissertations. My, you know, just trying to... uh, Put, put a little joy and little fun out into the world. Just my musings and humor and uh, maybe my gripes sometimes. Just a short-form show that kind of distillates my views and my thoughts into a way that's um, a little quicker. You get in, you get out, and that's, um, you know, you get on with your day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be called Chef Rise Food for Thought. But thank you, baby. I appreciate your help. Welcome. Have a good day, you guys, and just know that Empath's got it rough, but uh, don't don't become the monster. Don't become the hate in this world. There's enough hate. Uh, put love and joy into your life and uh, share that with the world. Uh, there's enough instigators out there. We don't need to create more. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ray. Thank you, baby. Welcome. And thank you, guys. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.